I want you to take a moment to think about what home is to you. It could be a person or an image or the smell of something cooking. A young African refugee in a book I'm reading said that home is the ground beneath his mother's feet. And I had to put the book down <laughs> when I read that. And it made me think about what home is to me. To me, home is the ground beneath my children's feet. It's a feeling, now that my kids are teenagers, of hearing the key at the lock late at night and knowing that we're all home safe. Maybe some of you know that feeling too. For refugees, home is gone. There are 68 million displaced people around the world. 25 million of them are refugees, people who fled persecution, crossed an international border, and are seeking safety in another country. Some refugees live in camps, but most live in cities and towns mixed in with the local population where they may have difficulty finding housing, they don't have legal authorization to work, and they can't find schools for their kids. This is the highest number of refugees in recorded history, higher even than after World War II. The United States has been the world humanitarian leader and has welcomed refugees as part of our national history and identity. The 1951 United Nations Refugee Convention, which the United States has signed, was a response to the Holocaust and to the countless people who died because the world's doors were closed to Jewish refugees. The 1951 convention never promised no more refugees, but it was a real way for countries to say, never again would countries turn people back to places where they would be harmed or killed. In 1980, the United States passed the Refugee Act, which incorporated our commitments in the 1951 convention into our national laws and the 1980 Refugee Act remains the law of the land today. The 1980 Refugee Act also created our current refugee resettlement program, which is one way refugees come to the United States. Through this program, some refugees who cannot remain safely where they are, are selected, carefully vetted, and invited to come to this country. Since this program began around 40 years ago, around 80,000 people a year have come to the US through the Refugee Resettlement Program. Not all refugees need resettlement, but the ones who do are the ones who cannot remain safely where they are and have no chance at a future. Most refugees needing resettlement today are people who fled Syria, Congo, and South Sudan. Most Jewish refugees and immigrants came to this country before these laws were in place. And it was really hard. My great-grandmother Rose didn't see her children for seven years as she tried to bring them from Poland to New York. And if home was the ground beneath her children's feet, you can imagine what that felt like. She left my grandfather when he was seven years old and didn't see him again until he was 14. On the other side of my family, my grandmother, Eliza, left Poland in the early 1930s and went to what was then the British Mandate of Palestine. And she was safe but she never saw most of her friends or family again. 
Many Jews have these stories, and in my 16 years working at HIAS, the Global Jewish Organization for Refugees, I've heard dozens or maybe even hundreds of stories of people's very brave grandmothers. But it's not just our stories that connect us to today's refugees. It's also our values. The Torah commands us to welcome the stranger 36 times. Welcome the stranger is mentioned more than anything else. And there are a lot of interpretations of why that is. But the one that felt or feels the most relevant and resonant to me is that we're told to welcome the stranger 36 times because it's hard and we need to be constantly reminded to do it. We are told to welcome the stranger because we were strangers. We know what it is to be vulnerable, to have our homes taken away. It's in our DNA. And it doesn't matter if the stranger seems different. We're still commanded to help. It's a scary world out there, for sure. I'm scared, too. I'm a mother. I send my kids out into it every day. But that doesn't mean that we don't have to welcome the stranger. That it was actually a radical notion for its time. In biblical times, it was the king's responsibility in most cultures to welcome the stranger. Welcome the stranger tells Jews it does not matter what the king does or doesn't do. Welcoming the stranger is up to us. I recently visited the US Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, and they have a new exhibit called Americans in the Holocaust, and I urge you all to see it. And in that exhibit, they show polling that was taken after the Holocaust. After everyone knew what had happened to Europe's Jews, only 5% of Americans said we should be welcome welcoming more Jewish refugees. And half said the right number was fewer or none. And the reasons given will sound familiar. There were concerns about the impact of the refugees on American culture, and there were concerns about the impact on American security. It's always been hard. Just two years ago, the United States welcomed 85,000 refugees. And that might seem like a big number, but in fact, compared to our size and what other countries do, it's relatively low. During that time, hundreds of synagogues and thousands of Jews picked up the phone and got on their computers and emailed and called and said, I want to help. For all these refugees that were coming into the country, there was a tremendous outpouring of support by the Jewish community. I have a room in my house. I want to donate furniture. I want to host a dinner. I want to host a family. One New Jersey synagogue had the brilliant idea of hosting a Christmas Eve dinner. And they invited newly arrived Syrian refugees. Of course, Christmas Eve was a night where everyone involved would be free. And they served Chinese food. It's Christmas Eve. And, and everyone exchanged their refugee stories. And at the end of the night, everyone was in tears. Contrast that with today. This year, we're likely to resettle 20,000 refugees. That's from 85,000 just two years ago. That's the lowest number since this program began in 1980. 
Another way that refugees come to this country is seeking asylum. Asylum seekers are people who show up at our border or are already in the country and express a fear of persecution if they're returned to their country. Today at our southern border, American border guards are telling Central American asylum seekers who are fleeing some of the most violent countries in the world that they are not welcome. And children are being torn from their parents' arms. At least 2,000 children in the last few months have been taken from their parents. At least 100 of them are under the age of four. One was a six-year-old blind girl who had no idea where her parents were. This is happening in our country. Now, whatever happens next, we can't undo that. But we can make a change. Maimonides talked about a ladder of justice. On the lowest rungs of the ladder were acts of justice or compassion or charity, where the people being helped and the people doing the helping are known to each other. And if you're doing that, that's great. <laughs> you just want to be on that ladder. But on the highest rungs of the ladder are acts of justice, where the person being helped doesn't even know it. And that's where advocacy sits. Advocacy is being in, in touch with your own story, your own family's refugee story, and your own sense of home and what that means, and being able to talk about it when someone at Thanksgiving dinner says, oh, we shouldn't be welcoming refugees anymore because they're different or we're different or times are different. It's being able to say, no, we need to welcome the stranger even when it's hard, even when the king is not doing the welcoming. Advocacy is calling your congressperson. It's showing up at a rally with a sign. And here's another compelling and startling statistic. Three years ago, the United States resettled 15,000 Syrian refugees in response to the most serious refugee crisis on the planet. Two years ago, that number was 3,000. This year, that number is 13. Not 13,000 or 1,300, 13 people. So imagine if all of those people who signed up and stood up and said, I want to welcome these refugees when they were coming, now that they're not, Imagine if they decided they were going to pay their congressperson a visit. That could change things. I want you to think back to when I asked you to think about home. Maybe you thought about the place where you take off your shoes at the end of the day and can finally relax. Or maybe it's where you sit on the couch on the weekends and listen to the rain on the roof. Or maybe it's where your baby is asleep in her crib. Everyone deserves that feeling of home. And we are so lucky that our stories, despite all the pain, are the ones with the happy, safe endings. And maybe the Jewish refugee story doesn't end, but our role in that story shifts. So for all the Jewish reasons, our history, our values, our text, our stories, and for all the basic human ones. Let's welcome the stranger. Let's do the work that the king isn't doing. And let's regain that feeling of home 
for refugees. Thank you.